Welcome to the Misfit Stars podcast. I'm Shannon Curtis. And I'm Jamie Hill. Hi, listeners. Hi, Shannon. Hi, Jamie. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) So, we're starting off with a bang. So exciting. Is everyone excited? Oh my gosh. This is going to be a great episode. (laughs) It really is. Later on in this great episode, <laughs> we're going to be talking about Digging That Hole. It's uh, our new song, Shannon's new song, Song 4 from 2020-101. I love it. Can't wait to listen to it, and then we'll talk about it. Awesome. But first, people, it is my duty to inform you mm. that Misfit Stars is a listener-supported podcast. It is. Who's the listeners, you might ask? You. Well, it's you. You're you. listening, right? Mm. It's you, people. And... uh The reason that Misfit Stars is a listener-supported podcast is because it's part of our ecosystem and we are listener-supported artists. We're Mm community-supported artists Mm -hmm. because not everything we do involves listening. No. Some of it's community building. In fact, a lot of it is. It's funny. I was talking about this with my mom just last night. Oh, yeah? I was. You know, if you had asked me 10 years ago, what are you? I would have been like, I'm a musician. Right. You know, if you... Ask me, we've already reached a part of the episode where Shannon bonks her microphone off. We're not even 30 seconds in. We told you this is going to be a good one. This is going to be a great episode, people. (laughs) Uh, You know, if you had asked me 10 years ago, I would have said, I'm a musician. These days, I conceive really more of what we do as uh, I work, I work, you work, we work at the intersection of music and community. Yeah. Uh huh. That really feels to me like it's just, it's a, the truth of what's going on. Yeah. Some parts of it are just music. Some parts of it are just community. And some parts of it are precisely the two of them put together. Yeah, like like the storytelling aspect yeah. of both of them really intersect, especially in this new project we're doing. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. So, you know, it's funny. The pandemic gave us some unusual gifts and opportunities, right? I think that for a lot of people, like it fundamentally reordered our lives, right? Mm -hmm. I'm sure there's a ton of people listening to this who will raise their hand along with that. Like, yeah, the pandemic changed everything as far as how I do what I do. And it did for us too, you know? When it forced us to completely reimagine our career, at first we were really freaked out because of course we were, because it was scary. But, you know, I think in you know, with the benefit of hindsight and looking back at it in retrospect now that being forced not to tour Mm -hmm. and being, you know, forced to figure out a different way to do things really opened up a lot of stuff for us. Yeah. And part of it was this idea that we're removing some of the transactionality around what we do. So much of our income used to be, we do this thing and we get that We back. do this show in your backyard and we get donations and that's it. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Show for money. Yeah, yeah. Quid pro quo. Yeah. And, you know, not being able to engage in all those sort of transactional quid pro quo types of mm-hmm. exchanges over the last year forced us to really kind of separate out the activity from the reward. It's a, I don't know if that's the best way to say it. It's what I thought of no, in the moment. I get it. But yeah. you know what I mean? Like what it's done is we've we've it gave us an opportunity to create a situation where people can just support the work that we do in the world. They can support all of it on mm-hmm. a recurring monthly basis. Mm-hmm. And by the way, that's the pitch, people. Go to misfitstars.com slash join and please like help support the work we do. Yeah. But you know, we have now monthly support from people and we aggregate it. It's all like small dollar stuff, but there's a couple hundred people pitching in and it adds up, you mm-hmm. know? And 
what that enables us to do is to, in a way that's completely divorced from transactionality, mm -hmm. just do things in the world. Yeah. We can make this album and give it to everybody for free because it's being paid for. I can yeah. mentor and teach other younger uh, artists. I can teach a bunch of women how to engineer, which I'm currently yeah. doing, mm -hmm. for free because it's being paid for by our community. Mm -hmm. There's so much stuff like this that's working in this way in our world now. Yeah, you know? I love, I, I, like I, it was, like you said, sort of an unexpected gift of the having to reorient everything because of the pandemic. But I, I really am starting to love being able to start brainstorming things we could just do yeah. that don't have to, like we, we can invest our time mm -hmm. in doing things creating things, uh, cultivating things. We can invest our time in doing stuff that we that there's no there's no pressure for those individual things that we're spending time on to generate revenue. They don't have to make money. Right. We don't have to only invest our time in things that make money. We can actually dream up stuff that we can just give away to the world because of the support that we have from our community. We can just use our time to make the world a better place in as much as we're able to do in that. In the ways that we are talented you know, yeah. the, the, the specific talents and gifts with which we were born, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, and, and given the opportunity to develop. Yeah. Like we can use our specific, you know, our specific things to to do, to hopefully make things better. Yeah. Or or more joyful or give people things to think about or, you know, whatever. Like it's it's really great to be able to sort of like, there's there's freedom around it. And I love that. Mm -hmm. I really love that. Yeah, it's, it's really nifty. It's an interesting path forward, you know, and I feel like you and I both, we were just talking about this, like not apropos of the podcast, like 30 minutes ago. Yeah. Having a, a small conversation about how we're both excited to keep exploring over this next year how to do things differently. Yeah, like what, what new opportunities we have because of this shift that we've been forced to make, but for which we're really grateful. Yeah. So the pitch really is that if you want to be part of the group that makes that possible, mm -hmm. you can join the Misfit Stars. Yeah. And you can do that by going to misfitstars.com slash join uh, and pick your small dollar monthly amount that you want to subscribe with and go for it. The cool thing for you is that not only are you like supporting something that you value in the world, but you're also getting yourself into a community of people that is just wonderful. It's so cool. And uh, we She's have, Shannon's talking about the Misfit Stars social network. We have our own private social network that's not attached to any of the social media giants out there at all. It's, it's just our little dreamland island. It's really <laughs> wonderful. It's really wonderful. And also, it's just starting to reach a tipping point. I yeah. can feel it. Like we yeah. had, we've had our, we've, it's been a, a, around for like five, five and a half weeks at this point. It's yeah. a brand new baby little new social network. Yeah. But it's been around just long enough and it's just mature enough and there's just enough people in it that it's starting to get something approaching critical mass where it's just taking on a momentum of its own. Yeah. We saw this happen with the Misfit Stars Facebook group, but it took like a year. Yeah. It's taken like five and a half weeks with this thing. And I think precisely it's because it's, private and it's not connected to Facebook. Mm. And I think that people just intuitively understand that they can be more free to be open and vulnerable mm -hmm. in there and to share things like without having to worry about is Facebook going to data harvest this and sell it to my enemies? <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Or or am I going to share something vulnerable and my like racist uncle is going to come on and lambast me for it? Seriously? <laughs> Man, so, you know, this is really you know? interesting, right? Like I have been, as everybody I'm sure is aware, 
for all of the songs on 2020-101, reaching back out into our communities, uh, you know, after the song is out to ask people, so here's the new song, here's the topic of the new song. Does anyone have a story to share or an anecdote or a remembrance to share on this topic of their experience right, in 2020 right, with right. this particular aspect of it? And for songs one, two, and three, you know, mm-hmm. about the new normal and celebrating people stepping up and, uh, grieving, loss. and grieving. grieving loss, yeah. Like for those three topics, people had so much to share. Mm-hmm. Uh, for this new topic, for for song four, for digging the hole, the topic is like losing, like or like lo- experiencing people we know in our lives kind of being lost to propaganda yeah. and conspiracy theories. Yeah, and man, I've posted about that three <laughs> times now on Facebook, and people are—it's a crickets. People are like. St- avoiding it yeah because, and, and my insight on that is that it's just too vulnerable oh. for people to feel c- comfortable sharing on facebook for sure we're all so sick and tired of the online trolls yeah. like we don't want to put ourselves out there for that yeah. anymore yeah i totally get it and and it's ironic because it's for sure out of the four topics so far of the songs on the record the one that everyone has the most experience with oh my gosh 100 well, percent for sure I mean, yeah, maybe. I mean, yeah, lots of folks do. I mean, we we heard from so many people. That's why it became a topic yeah. for this album was yeah. because it came from the people's stories. But yeah, the the whole point and, and the point of sharing that is that like uh, inside the private social network, we can actually have these conversations yeah. that otherwise would be like uh, you know too perilous dr- feeling drawing moths to the flame yeah. <laughs> the moths being the the people who are willing to be a-holes online <laughs> we don't have moths in our social network yeah. we just have people who want to have good conversations with each other to are willing to share deeply are, and, and are willing to ask questions and learn with one another like you know <laughs> you what know? someone did in the in the social network this what? morning they shared just out of the clear blue sky a deeply personal poem that they had written. Mm-hmm. And like it was profound and mm-hmm. deep and kind of heavy. And it was wonderful. It was wonderful. I mean, when's the last time anybody listening to this saw somebody post something like a poem they'd written on Facebook? <laughs> right. Like never. You know what I mean? Right. Except for like, you know. Like, I'm, sh- I'm sure that, like, every friend group has that one person who's like, I'm the poet, and they'll post their poems, and you're like, don't. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But you know what I mean? Like, there's either the performative, I am posting a poem because I'm a poet, or there's, I'm absolutely terrified to do anything vulnerable on Facebook because yeah. people are going to shit on me. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. There's no middle ground. Right. And this is just this wonderful middle ground yeah. place where this amateur, like, writer, like, she's not an official poet. She's just a human being right. who felt poetically enough about something to commit it to pay it to paper and then to share it with us. Oh. And, oh my gosh, how great. And now the question arises, what makes an official poet? <laughs> Maybe you like went to poetry school. I don't know. Has a poetry license. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have a license to commit poetry. Wow. Whoa. No. Licensed poet. I love the idea. I also like the idea that maybe you couldn't do poetry without a license. And like you could be arrested for it. Ma'am. Amazing. I saw your poem. Can I see your license? (laughs) Amazing. Yeah. So that was a long ad, but it was an <laughs> ad that uh, is is us encouraging you with all of the really good reasons why you want to become a Misfit Star. Yeah. If you currently are not, uh, go to misfitstars.com slash join. Get yourself in our social network, people. Oh my gosh, it's, it's wonderful. wonderful. And by so doing, you will also be helping perpetuate the work that we do in the world. Yes. 
That's it. That's the ad. End of ad. Thank you. All right. So announcements, uh, announcements, announcements. That was good. That Thank was, you. That was spirited. It was assertive. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a few announcements. The first one is that this Saturday, the yeah. 27th, is our monthly live acoustic concert. Woo-hoo. Uh, simulcast on YouTube and Facebook Live. Yep. Um, it's going to start at 7 Pacific, 10 Eastern. This is the monthly concert where Jamie's on piano and mm-hmm. I'm singing. Uh, and our set list is chosen by ballot from our Misfit Stars community. Yeah. They all get to vote. And every month we remove the songs uh, from the ballot that that were performed in the, the previous month. So we're whittling down. We've been doing this since August. So we're whittling down to, uh, you know, uh, deep cuts, B-sides, sort of, you know, parts. But I was looking over the ballot as I was creating it uh, this weekend. And... There's some great songs. Like, there's some really, like, I'm super excited to get to get into some of these deep cuts. Like, there's some really fun, just, I'm, I'm, I'm eager to see what pops up for, you know, bubbles up to the top of the list this week. Because awesome. there's some great ones left. Uh, and speaking of the ballots, Misfit Stars, I have sent you a ballot mm-hmm. uh, via our Misfit Stars Transmissions newsletter and also in the private social network. So get your ballot, vote. You can vote one time. Mm-hmm. For up to ten songs, yep. and uh, we will aggregate everybody's votes and select the top, the top ten-ish yeah. is usually how it works out. Yeah, uh, for the live show on Saturday. So Saturday, uh, if you want to uh, watch on YouTube, um, if you go to, I don't know actually. I'm not sure. I, I, I have sent out the, the YouTube link to our Misfit Stars. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't know actually if you can find an upcoming live event on a person's page there. Well, you better post. Not. You better post a link on your Facebook. I will before do that people too. listen. Okay. So people, here's a deal. Just go to Shannon's. Uh, let's say Facebook at facebook.com/slash Shannon K Curtis, and she'll have the link there. Mm-hmm. So you and, can watch on YouTube if you want to. They, YouTube's got a great feature where you can like set yourself a reminder, and it'll send you a little email like a half hour before, like, "Hey, your live event's about to start." Yeah. So that's pretty cool. It um, is. And it'll also be on Facebook Live. So if you prefer to watch on Facebook Live. Uh, you can do that, and uh, we will see you Saturday night. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you right now, the YouTube experience is the better experience. You think? Uh, oh, absolutely, for a number of reasons. The two chief among them being that you can put it on your television. That's Can't do that true. with Facebook, which yeah. means you can listen to it with like the good sound, and that's yeah, fun, and it's yeah. bigger. Uh, and also, the Facebook one is flipped left to right. Yeah, it's backwards. It's backwards. So All the low notes you play on the piano look like you're playing with your high note hand. Yeah. Like, it's weird. All the low notes are on the right, all the high notes are on the left. Everything's <laughs> an upside down land. Doesn't make any sense. For people who are non-musicians, they're like, I don't, I didn't, didn't even notice that. <laughs> and everyone who's a mus- musician is like, what's wrong with your keyboard? <laughs> it's totally true. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yes, there's that. That Next announcement, yes. uh, Jamie. Yeah, uh, so here's the deal, uh, and this is for Misfit Stars. People, we are closing the Facebook group. I said we were going to do it this last weekend, but we had a couple of people who needed a little bit of extra time to comb the group and and grab some posts that they'd made that felt uh, worth saving to yeah, them. Yeah, And that's fine. I was willing to accommodate that. People have tight schedules. I can give them grace. That's good. I'm going to be closing the group this weekend. It's possible that I may be archiving it instead of closing it. Mm-hmm. Archiving uh, is uh, a feature that I'm pretty sure is still available on Facebook in which the group remains, but you can no longer like or comment anything you can't post. It's just sort of frozen in amber. You can see it. Only the members can see it. Only, Well, yeah, only the members. Yeah. 
members can see it. It's a private group. But uh, you can't interact with it anymore. I don't necessarily see any harm in that. I may end up going that route. Uh, Terry gave me that suggestion, and I thought that was uh, worth considering, so I have considered it. And so we'll kind of see. But point being... uh, Get yourself in the new social network. That Misfit Stars Facebook group, like I could imagine like there'll be a transition where I archive it for a year and then I quietly delete it. You know what I mean? Because obviously everyone's like, don't delete it. I'm going to go back constantly and see all my posts. You're not. It's it's fine that you feel that because separation anxiety is real. Oh, yeah. And I totally get it. And change is hard. So the feelings you're having right now, Misfit Stars, that you're going to go back there and marinate in the beauty of your old posts, look, just nurture that for now. It's healthy. It's part of the process. And, you know, 12 months from now, when you haven't thought about the group in 11 and a half months, I'm going to delete it, okay? (laughs) But for now, just know that it's not going away. But if you want to archive your posts, do it. But Misfit Stars, here's the thing. If you're not yet in the new social network, get yourself in there. Community.misfitstars.com. Yep. That's how you request an invitation into the new network. That's right. And that's for people who are already supporting members of Misfit Stars. Yes. If you're not, but you want to be in that new, new social network, which, yeah, you do, you just go to misfitstars.com slash join, get signed up, and we'll send you an invite. There you go. Uh, next announcement is that our next song for the 2020-101 project will be coming out on Sunday. So big weekend. We've yeah. got concert Saturday. New song Sunday. We're going to be so goddamn tired. really means that we have to have our new song done by Friday this week, which we can do. Yep. It's doable. Yep. Uh, so mark your calendars for that. Um, and then the last announcement is you. you- yes. Uh, we are still collecting people's stories for the new song, Digging That Hole, from 2020-101. If you have a story that you'd be willing to share about someone in your life going off the deep end with propaganda or conspiracy theories in 2020... Please send it over so we can add it to our story archive. You can email it to me. That's at jamie at misfitstars.com. And also, you know, like you were saying a minute ago, sometimes sharing these kinds of stories can be very personal and vulnerable. We are totally open to anonymous posts. I posted my own story of my own experience mm -hmm. just this morning, and I uh, attributed it to anonymous because I'm under the impression that the people that uh, I mentioned in it might, might be aware of that project. Peruse the site. Yeah. And it might be uncomfortable to yeah. have them read. I get it. So, uh, so yeah, share your stories. We'd love to add them to the archive. Whether those people are listening to the podcast, I suppose, is an open story. <laughs> right. <laughs> open question. It, it is. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. Right on. Well, that's the end of announcements. Great job. Uh, so, right. how are you feeling, sweetheart? Well, my butt hurts. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's just the most relatable thing anyone's ever said on this podcast. And I don't mean Re- to say that I am butthurt. I, I, my actual it's butt. Really just an overarching statement about the last 13 months. How are you feeling about 2020, 2021? You know what? My butt hurts. That, I relate to no, that. No, it actually does. So I had a glorious, like, week-long stretch where my body was doing good and I was feeling healthy and recovered from all the ailments that I've been complaining about for the last number of weeks. Yeah, the, our gerontology podcast it's, is really coming along great. I know, it's mostly then, you. It's all me. Oh, yeah. my God. But then last weekend, I was going down to the basement to get some dishwasher soap to restock under the sink. and That's good I just, context. Thanks for shading well, in that you know, detail. I'm really, you know, it's all about details. I'm a songwriter. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, so I, I, I took my first what step. What rhymes with dishwashers? <laughs> don't, don't present me with a challenge because, you know, I'm going to start thinking about it. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I, I, I took my first step down into the basement and, my, I, and I landed more on my heel than my toe. 
on the step because our basement stairs are really old and they're shallow stairs. So you kind of really have to be very thoughtful and careful as you're walking down them. And I guess I wasn't because my heel slipped right out from under me and I landed on my bum yep. on the first step and then subsequently started bouncing, boom, 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 down all the rest. like three steps. All the, yeah, I yeah. bounced down a bunch of steps. It was... It was scary. You didn't, to be clear, you didn't slip on the first step. You're, oh. you're talking about the first step that you slipped on, oh, which okay. was like eight of 12. Oh, I thought it was higher up. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It was scary. Yes. It was, it was very scary. I was uh, right behind you and I was very scared. Yeah. It was scary uh, and painful. And I felt instantly like just, oh my gosh, my back is like, fortunately, the only, the only like, lingering thing is that my tailbone is literally bruised. And I this happened the same day that Joe Biden fell on the stairs on the way up to Air Force. So One. you're in great company. <laughs> I know. I was like, I posted on Twitter, I'm like, Joe Biden and I both fell on stairs today. But the difference is I have a bruised tailbone and he passed a bill that's going to cut child poverty in half. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Shannon did that thing when she got to the bottom of the stairs. People, where you immediately <laughs> spring up and you're like, "I'm not hurt. I'm fine." Even though you're I'm clearly fine. hurt. Well, I am fine. Like I can, yeah. I can sit in most positions. Like honestly, it's fine. Like it's a stupid, it's a stupid little injury, and I'm, I'm healing. And it's, and it could have been so much worse. And I am so grateful that it worked out the way it did. It's such a weird human impulse to immediately jump up after you hurt yourself. It is funny. I think I was trying to convince myself and I didn't want you to worry. Yeah. Like I knew I knew instantly that nothing was broken. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like so on one on one level I was fine. Yeah. Anyway, I'm feeling fine. My butt does hurt. <laughs> <laughs> but it's but otherwise I'm feeling honestly just great. Like uh just cruising along. D- doing doing well. Not I I don't have anything else to report. Good. That's it. How about you? How are you feeling? Pretty good today. You know, I've I realized yesterday, sort of almost retrospectively, that the number of days where I had felt a little bit anxious, yeah, uh, had kind of been a lot this last week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and I, I don't dwell on them and I don't count them. Uh, you know, I use my tools and I move forward with my life, but I definitely had in retrospect, kind of anxious week, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm just trying to introspect a bit on why that is. I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be the case that there is a tangible reason, mm-hmm. you know? But sometimes there can be. It can be situational, perhaps, you know? Mm-hmm. I think part of it is that our schedule has just slipped really, really, really late. And there's a line in there for me somewhere where on one side of the line, even if it's pretty late, I'm fine with it. Yeah. And on the other side of the line, it just feels like depressing. I think it reminds me of like when I used to be using. Sure. And I would just have been like using meth for three days. And then I would kind of crash and sleep for 20 hours and sleep through something really important and wake up mm. at four in the afternoon. Mm. And I mm-hmm. think that like when I wake up at 1.40 p.m., even if I went to sleep at five and I still haven't gotten nine hours of sleep, yeah. it's totally reasonable because we were working until four. Yeah. Like working until four and like going to bed at five and waking up at two doesn't mean I'm lazy. It just means that my schedule is shifted. It means we're owls. Yes, <laughs> you know, yeah. and like intellectually, I can understand that that's not something I need to be beating myself up for. It's just a shift in schedule. And because we set our own schedule, it's fine. Mm -hmm. But I can't always escape that sort of limbic system kind of reaction. Well, and you have a a clear association with a period of your life where that was, where that behavior was unhealthy. That's right. So it makes sense. And it was a symptom, not a cause. Yeah. You know, right. But I associate the symptom with the feeling of what was causing the symptom. Totally get it. So, you know, there's that. So, you know, Part of my introspection has just been to really understand that I can give myself grace about this and that I don't need to 
beat myself up and that it's just that it seems superficially like a situation in my life from, you know, yeah. 18 years ago. That's no longer my current situation. Right. And honestly, if, if we are waking up super late, it typically means that we were extra productive <laughs> the day before. Oh, yeah, for like, sure. We don't, we don't ever, like sometimes we'll stay up until two just goofing around. That's fine. We never really stay up past two goofing around, but we will stay up till four working. Oh, yeah. If we're on one. If we're on a, if we're on a thing and we're making yeah. progress. And yeah. so if we have stayed up that late, that we have to sleep that late, honestly, it's, it's, I should really remember to, just to perceive that as being an indication of being extra productive right. and a cause for celebration. Sure. Because who shouldn't feel good about being, yeah. you know, extra productive at their creative work that they do? That's yeah. good. Yeah. It's just hard for me sometimes intuitively to disentangle I, those things. Yeah. And so, you know, I've been struggling with that a little bit. I think some of it also has just been that, frankly, I'm a little bit feeling the end of my rope this week. Yeah. Um, for a couple of reasons. Uh, one, I think I'm experiencing some pandemic fatigue. Oh, I have yeah. not experienced very much of that in my life. Uh, and I've been really fortunate just because we've been so goddamn busy, you yeah. know? And that's fortunate and good. Yeah. Um, but... You know, I really feel like I just felt some of it set in a little bit this week. And mm. I don't think, I don't. I shouldn't say set in because that implies it's here to stay. I don't think it is. Right. But I, I definitely felt it a little bit. Especially because like, it's just been another week of like 45 degrees and spitting rain. And I'm just like, oh man, I'm a little bit over it right now. Yeah. And again, that's okay. It's the end of winter in a place that's gray and rainy. And you know, it's mm -hmm. all good. It's all fine. But that was contributing to part of it. And I think that the other thing that I was grappling with this week mm -hmm. was sort of this slow dawning realization that our schedule for the 2020-101 project is not going to be as cool as I thought it was. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think that you and I, or at least me, I can't speak for you, but I, we've talked about this. I'm pretty mm -hmm. sure that we share this. I think that we thought that we would get a few songs into this album and we'd really hit a stride and we'd kind of like get up to speed. Maybe I'd get some in the bank. Like. Yeah, we'd record, maybe we'd, you know, instead of doing one song every 10 days, we'd start doing one song every seven days. And after a couple of weeks, we'd have one in the bank extra and we could take a little time. It is not shaken out that way. No, it's That's not. That's just not the case. There's so much that I love about this schedule, actually. Yeah. Like, I really do love it, but you're right. We're not going to get those... We're not going to get any more than a day and a half or two off. That's it. Until this project is over. Yep. And that's okay. I just need <laughs> a to day and a, a day and a half or two per, per song. 10 days. Per 10 days. Yeah. yeah. The way the schedule goes is that we, you know, the, there's, so we release a song. On the day we release a song, we're exhausted. We do a little social stuff, but we, you know, social media, whatever, social network. Uh, but mostly we just crash and watch a movie or something. Mm -hmm. The next day, if the timing works out, we can have a half or full day off, yeah. usually. Uh, and then, then we gotta get back on the horse. Yeah, then the next four days are you writing the song, and the next four days after that are yeah. me producing us, you know, finishing yeah. the song, doing yeah. all the stuff we need to do to get it online, do all the web stuff, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then we're exhausted, take a day, day and a half off, <laughs> rinse, repeat. Right. You know, and there's not really extra time in there. Right. Uh, and it's fine. I just need to readjust my expectations. Yeah. But it was kind of like this thing where it's like, okay, starting like three weeks into this project, I bet things are going to let up. And honestly, things aren't going to let up at this point, probably until the end of June is, is the reality of things. Maybe yeah. mid-June, you know, if yeah. we're lucky, we'll see. But like, so, okay, so I'll, I'll get some time off in July. And that's fine. Like, we should be so lucky, right? To be yeah. very busy doing work that we find valuable yes. and that we love. Yes. So, and, and the thing I love about the schedule, mm -hmm. you know, is that, Every 10 days, we get that putting something, like like the push to the end to get something out into the world, and then it's out. 
dopamine, serotonin, <laughs> all that good stuff. It's wonderful. Yeah. Normally we save all that up and we do one big album release and then it's like, <gasps> okay, yeah. now what? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we get kind of a, a hit of that every 10 days. It's great. It's pretty cool. Yeah. And it's also really nifty to sit immersed in one song's world for a week's it's period of time. Wonderful. And just live in that world and just get to know it yeah. as much as, and as thoroughly as you possibly can. Yeah. It's like exploring a new video game world where you're <laughs> so obsessed with it at first and you just like want to learn every nook and cranny, every single thing about it, but you only have a certain amount of time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then you're done. And it's so it's great. cool in that way. And then yeah. just, you know, put it off. Put, just you're done, you put it out, and then you go on to the next thing. Yeah. Not to say that I haven't already started. Like we periodically just go through and listen back. We take the stuff in the car, the like wherever we're currently at. Currently we have four songs. We'll take them in the car, do a listen, whatever. Uh -huh. You know, and I'll do that same kind of thing around the house just to check my work, whatever. I already noticed like on Extraordinary People, song three, that I could have done something a little different, <laughs> a little better in the master, not in the mix of the song at all, right. just in the but final polishing. So You're going to get to remaster whatever you want to between. I already did it. Yeah. Great. I already, Good so job. people, by the way, if you're listening, here's a little uh, insider tip. <laughs> the version of Extraordinary People that's now on Bandcamp and in the Misfit Stars private Dropbox is different from the one that was there three days ago. I challenge you to identify how it's different, listener. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you from my I won't. I, I I probably wouldn't experience much of a difference. Like I, you, I understand, you wouldn't be able to say what it is. Okay. but I think that you would feel it. Okay, but I think it feels better. Mm -hmm. I think before there was just a tiny amount, too much, very very low end in the song, which I think was dragging it down energetically. And I just tightened up the mm -hmm. low end. I tightened up the high end. I just sort of pulled them in a little bit. And I think what that does, it gives the song more bounce and more joy. So That's my good. argument here is that it's a more <laughs> joyful presentation right. of the song. And I well, think that's important because it's supposed to be a celebration. So anyone who has the MP3 of the original version, I challenge you to download the new one and do a side-by-side -side and see if you can feel the difference. Yeah. Scott, <laughs> we're looking at you. Seriously. You listen deeply. Let us know your thoughts. If you can tell the difference. Uh, what else? Good news machine. What do you got? Oh, man. I'll tell you what I've got. It's spring. It is officially spring. It's officially spring. And honestly, that really feels like it makes a difference yeah. to me. Only, especially because we live in Tacoma and uh, like... The seasons here really do change right around the equinox yeah. and the solstice. Oh, and we're experiencing it. Little buds on trees. Yeah. There's a couple bushes, bush slash trees in our backyard that yeah. have little yellow Trushes. flowers. Trushes, is that what they're called? Tree bushes. Or, or maybe they're tushes. Tushes, I no. don't know. <laughs> the tush is the thing you heard on the stairs. <laughs> yeah, you, we can actually start seeing signs of spring. It's lovely. It's yeah. really it's helpful. Yeah, it really is helpful. Mm -hmm. uh, and so that's great. That's it. It's not really news exactly. That it's, you know, <laughs> no one's like, what? It's spring? <laughs> it's in the calendar. Breaking news. Yeah. <laughs> it's spring. Uh, my good you? news yeah. machine this week is, uh, I wrote this down the other day when the House um, reauthorized the Violence Against Women's, Women Act. Um, this is... Like and it's it's an essential like bill for for uh, appropriating money to help curb violence against women and to give resources to people who have been uh, you know in violent relationships or have have had violent encounters. Like it's just it's it's obscene that this was allowed to lapse two years ago. Like yeah. it's really obscene. The fact that it it passed it was just like one of those things. Like I'm glad that it that it, I mean like it's got to pass the Senate again. Mm -hmm. You know and that, and it, I I hope that it will. Um, but it's one of those things that just should have been, 
it should have continued, <laughs> you know, and it, it'll be good you know, that, that, you know, the resources are back, you know, for, for people to be able to combat violence against women. But it's, it was also, the, it felt good because it was just one of those things that, yes, of course, this should be happening. And it's just nice when things like those, when things like that are passing through Congress where the, the stuff that's like, yeah, duh. Yeah. It's just getting done, yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, Everything was at a complete obstructionist standstill for four years. I mean, and the Republicans in Congress are still trying to obstruct everything that they possibly can. Yeah. Um, but it just, it felt good to, to see this pass in the House and hopefully it'll pass the Senate and we'll be back in business. Uh, but that, so that was that was good news. And the other good news, really, it's not like, again, it's not like a news news like yours was not news, uh, but like every day on social media, I am seeing people posting photos of their mm. brand new vaccination cards, yeah. and I, it makes me feel good every. AKA single- free donut cards. I know Krispy Kreme. Hello, that was. That's Do you wild. know about this, people? If you didn't see this in the news yesterday, Krispy Kreme is giving one free original glazed per day for the rest of the year to anyone who's had at least one shot of any vaccine. That's right. Just bring in your vaccine card. You can't bring in a sticker. You got to bring your card. But if you show them your card, <laughs> you just walk out of there with a free original glaze. It's wild. Holy hell. Uh, so anyway, I, I just, I see these new vaccination cards, people or people posting that they had gotten their, their first shot or whatever. It just makes me feel good. Yeah. Every single time I see one of those, like just, yes, yes, yes. We're getting closer to that light at the yeah. end of the tunnel and yeah. awesome. Awesome. So yeah, that's it's it wonderful. for my good news. Speaking of things that aren't news and shouldn't be surprising, but some, you know, something you, you hear something and you're just like, that's not surprising, but I am struck anew by it. Just talking what? about like, you know, Republican politician obstructionism for the last four years and continuing now on an ongoing mm. basis. How wild is the idea that you would go to Washington to prove that Washington doesn't work? I am it's... arriving somewhere to be a problem. Who the the fuck fuck does that? What kind of person does that? I'm going to go somewhere to cause a problem to prove that there's a problem. Yeah. Just means you're the problem, buddy. I know. I know. I don't understand fundamentally what kind of person would do that. I know. This is the good news section. (laughs) Right, 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 right. Let me remind you. Right. Sorry, kind of screwed that up. Uh, the yeah. good news is I don't act like that. Yeah. Hey, there you go. <laughs> there That's you go. good. Very good news. Thanks. Awesome. So, like, uh, we, we've got a bunch to talk about in the second half of the podcast. We want to get through the stuff that we were up to this last week, which there were some fun events that we were up to this last week. Well, let's just bang uh, them out. Let's bang them out. Uh, we finished the new song and then had a couple of days off. Woohoo. That was great. It was great. But on one of our days off, we watched, it was movie night, and we watched a movie called The Never List. The Never List. The Never List is a feature film that features one of our songs. Oh my gosh. And uh, I, we obviously knew this was, you know, coming over the last number of months, uh, but we had not seen the film until it was on video on demand, uh, which it came out last week on video on demand. We, we found it on Amazon Prime. I think maybe you can rent it on YouTube. Yep. I, there's various places you can find it. It actually had a theatrical release in December, but high pandemic. <laughs> so we didn't actually get to see it in the theater. It was playing in Seattle. Well, we could have theoretically gone, it was sca- but anyone who went what an idiot actually the thing is it was scheduled the closest theater it was scheduled to play in was in Seattle but when I looked up the theater the theater was actually closed so (laughs) it was scheduled to play but it wasn't actually open Hmm. you know what I mean so worst of all worlds anyway (laughs) 
I mean, I'm sure there were parts of the country where there were theaters open where it was actually playing. But point being, we couldn't see the theater, the movie in a theater. A whole bunch of misguided people with so, bad information sourcing saw our <laughs> film with our song in it. How Woo! great. But we got to see it, Video On Demand, this weekend. And, you know, I, I, I was excited about the project. I heard about it, like, you know, very exciting. The story is about a young woman, kind of a coming-of-age film. Um, it was written by a woman, directed by a woman. Mm-hmm. The score was Produced composed. by women. Lots of women produced. The score was composed by a woman. A uh, bunch of the film crew yeah. was, uh, like, a, a lot of the film crew were women. So, like, this really, like, woman-powered film. I was excited about it for that reason. The The, the storyline seemed cool. Like, it was a unique story. Um, so there were lots of reasons to feel, like, uh, excited about the film. But also, you know... We've we've stumbled into some indie films on movie nights where we're like, oh, that looks interesting, and then we turn it on and we're like, oh, that was not a good movie. Yeah, <laughs> you know, so you never know. Yeah. Well, it turns out the Neverless is actually a good movie. Really it's good little really movie. Really great. Yeah. Like, we both teared up a couple times. Like, yeah. the actors were were fantastic. The director did an amazing job. Yeah. Really drew a lot of nuance out of the actors' performances. A really good, keen eye for emotional detail. Honestly, it was seamless. It was a seamless experience. I loved loved it. And we were shocked to learn. We knew that the song of ours that's in it was in sort of a pivotal emotional scene. And it's a sort of a a pretty emotional song. It's a song called When the Lights Go Down Mm -hmm. from uh, Cinemascope that we did in 2013. but we were shocked when we watched the film that the entire song is in the scene. Like, from the very first note of the song to the very last note of the song, it is in there in its entirety. And this sort of the, the scene was sort of like edited around this. It seemed like it was edited around, or maybe it was just stars aligned. It was meant to be. <laughs> the, some of both, Yeah, clearly. some of both, yeah. But it was wonderful. Yeah. Really great. So that was super fun to yeah. see that. It's where the it's where the main character undergoes a transformation from sort of version A of herself to uh, exploring a version B of herself. Yeah, and it happens with the song as context. It's great. It's really really cool. It, it was, was so rewarding to see. It was. It was. So people go see it. It's called the Never List. Oh, and also there's a soundtrack out yeah. for it that you can, uh, if you'd like to stream the soundtrack online, you can do that. The Never List soundtrack. How like not fun is that to say? I don't know. You know I what mean- I mean? Like. If it were like 20 years ago, it'd be like, you can go buy the soundtrack. I know. At Tower Records. I know. Whatever. But like now it's like, you can go on your fucking computer where you are all the time anyway because we're in a pandemic and click a button for the soundtrack. Okay, so I understand your point of view. Also for me, it's like, I've got a a song on a soundtrack. And that's kind of neat. Abstractly, that's cool. Abstractly, it's cool. And I'm going to celebrate it. So yay. Yeah. Um, Go enjoy that Spotify playlist, people. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um... So, yeah, uh, other than that, we've just been working, I've been working on the new song that's coming out Sunday. Yep. Uh, Jamie you, of Tacoma made an appearance a couple of days ago. I needed a hair trim, so Jamie of Tacoma came back with his scissors and razor and got yeah. my got me all trimmed up. This is a razor cut. Yeah, yeah. really good. Thanks. Uh, you've been spending a bunch of time on the migration to the new social network. People get on the new social network. <laughs> End of ad. And you've had some music stuff too. Yeah, I worked uh, for three different really cool indie bands just over this last week. Awesome. Zachman, Forbidden Lover from Oakland. Woo! It's like a duo with uh, sort of a super introspective American guy and a super introspective French guy. I love it. And they're joining forces. And uh, it's wonderful. Do they wear capes? 
I wish I was thinking about something like that when I was saying it, you know? Introspective superheroes. Yeah. I like it. It's really nifty, you know? The, the French influence and in the music is really apparent, you know? Uh, another French band that I think you could draw some parallels to would be Air, if uh -huh. you remember them sure. from like 20 years ago or so. Uh, that sort of French, dreamy kind of, you know, rooted in 70s electronica pop kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. It's wonderful. It's really neat. It's very sensitive. Mm -hmm. uh, very sensitive. Mm -hmm. I love it. It's like the most sensitive thing I've worked on in a year or so. Yeah. It's really fun. Um, and then Trusty Sea Creatures. Uh, worked on two Trusty Sea Creatures songs this last week alone. Awesome. Very exciting. Good week for music. Yeah. And some Shannon Curtis music and yeah. more to come. That's right. Uh, so that's quick, all the stuff from this last week, right? Quick break, and then we're going to come back and we're going to get into digging that hole. Mm -hmm. The last song, song four from the 2021. It's not the last project. song. It's the it's most the, recent song. The most song. recent song. That's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. Uh, from 2020-101. And we're going to listen to it, talk about it, and uh, we'll be doing that very soon. Back in a sec. <laughs> That was a really great and we're back, which makes sense because like this is a great episode. I don't know if you guys remember we from said earlier. At the top, before we ever recorded it, it was gonna be great. Yeah. So here we and are. Here we are. Great Just episode. Crushing it. That's right. By the way, anyone who says crushing it in real life should be murdered. <laughs> That's a harsh. Is that opinion. too harsh? I think it's a little too is harsh. Is it too much? Yeah, it's too harsh. Maybe maimed. Oh my gosh. No. That's maybe even worse. It none of it's good. How about we talk about the song Digging That Hole? Yeah, let's do that. Because that'll really <laughs> lift the mood. <laughs> well, you know, so song, so as a reminder, as a sort of like overarching reminder, uh, the 2020-101 project is a uh, a project of 11 songs for an album called 2020-101. Uh, each of the topics for the songs that we are making for this album were drawn from research that we did uh, Shannon dig, did. Digging through You're very generous, but it's you. Thank you. Digging through stories that people shared with us of their significant experiences from the year 2020. Uh, the cursed year that was 2020. <laughs> cursed. A.D. Yeah. Uh, you know. C.E. It, well, and newsflash, it wasn't all cursed. You know, like there's some stuff in the song I'm working on for this week that's, yeah, it was hard stuff, but there was good things that came out of it. You know? Absolutely. So there's, there's. Flowers grow out of shit, you know what I mean? <laughs> Oh my God. You I should, nailed the metaphor. You should be the songwriter. Yeah. Um, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but, but but all the stories, and, and I, I have a treasure trove of well over a hundred stories collected from people um, in our communities about their experiences, identified 11 recurring themes, and from those recurring themes, picked the topics for these songs. Uh, so this was not a, what are the 11 songs Shannon wants to write for this album? It was, what, uh, what are the experiences people had in, you know, in aggregate that would make sense to write about in, sort of, in terms of, like, depicting the human experience yeah. of 2020. It was a data-driven project, people. It was. So, uh, so this was song four for the record, and it was a challenging one. Yeah, it was. Uh, we're going to talk about why it was challenging after we uh, introduce it and play the song. But for now, let's go ahead and read the introduction that I wrote for the song to provide context around it, and then we'll play it 
and we'll go from there. That sounds great. Am I purple or am I green? You're green. They're color-coded Color. People. It's a color-coded script. Yeah. Here we go. I'll start. Okay. So Newton's third law says that for every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. The ancient principle of yin and yang is that all things exist as inseparable and contradictory opposites. And in a similar spirit, the theme of this next song exists in a somewhat painful contrast to the unbridled celebration of the previous song we released for this project. In the stories we collected while researching for 2020-101, people shared with us the confounding and gut-wrenching experience of watching neighbors, fellow citizens, and sometimes even friends or family members become invested in narratives that were not based in facts or supported by science. Narratives driven by certain media institutions and people in positions of power, all of whom stood to benefit from sowing chaos and division among us. And it's one thing when a person buys into, believes, and acts upon a lie for which the outcome affects only them. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that was highlighted for us in 2020 is that our individual actions can have a huge impact on every other person around us. We are inextricably tied to one another, for better and for worse. The consequences of one person's bad ideas or bad actions don't necessarily redound only to that person. We all stand to reap the repercussions of the actions of others with whom we share a society. And that's why people shared with us how they watched with despair when people in their lives who bought into those false and harmful narratives often became unwilling to act in support of the broader public good, mm. like when they refused to wear masks in public or when they rebelled against guidance from public health experts to refrain from gathering with people outside their households. Or spread dangerous disinformation about the virus being a hoax or about the development of vaccines and sometimes became wholly invested in conspiracy theories about the origin of the virus or about the legitimacy of our election, all of which were detached from observable reality. <laughs> we were confounded that when confronted with empirical evidence and material truths that directly challenged those destructive narratives, or upon receiving pleas to consider how their actions were causing suffering in the lives of others, so many of our neighbors, fellow citizens, friends, and family members did not alter their thinking or courses of action, but rather doubled down on the fictions into which they'd invested themselves. I spent a lot of time trying to figure it out for myself because I too have been confounded, deeply disappointed, saddened, and angered by this same experience. You know, I try my very best to be a person who is oriented by a compass of compassion and understanding. And it was from that framework that I really tried to put myself in the shoes of the folks who I saw descending ever more into a realm of alternate reality to try to figure out why. And I wish I could tell you that I got to a place where I have it figured out, but sadly I don't. There is one thing that I did learn in my quest for understanding. When a person has in some way attached their own identity to a belief system or a narrative, the potential psychological pain of retracting that belief or of reevaluating that narrative, which remember has been tied up in that person's own sense of self, that pain is much, much greater than the psychological pain of continuing to exist in a realm defined by its contradiction of observable reality. Even when entrenchment in that realm stands to harm others around them, whether by contributing to the spread of a potentially deadly virus or by contributing to the demolition of our democracy, it is often easier for the human psyche to continue living in a lie 
than to injure its ego by confronting how it has gotten things so, so wrong. Mm -hmm. And given that aversion to psychological pain, if ever a nagging feeling does pop up that maybe they have indeed gotten it all wrong, it seems like the readiest remedy that the psyche grabs onto is to dig in even further. It's a terrible, mm. self-inflicted downward spiral that can lead a person to isolation from relationships, disconnection from reality, and alienation from society. I can't imagine that's a happy place to be. It was heartbreaking and infuriating to watch this phenomenon play out this last year. And it continues to be so because none of us can control the actions or thinking of another person. We can't force anyone to be different than they choose to be. We only have the power to change our own thinking and our own actions. And the rest, I guess, is an exercise in acceptance. So for me, I've arrived at an approach that feels aligned with my own sense of humanity in this moment. I will continue to honor and process the grief and sometimes anger that I feel over watching people around me dig further and further into those dark and untethered places. I will continue to try to cultivate compassion for all people, even them. And I will do absolutely whatever is in my power to do to fiercely protect myself and others from being swallowed into the consequences of the harmful beliefs that exist in our society. It might not feel like much, but it's what we can do. Yeah. I don't know whether to scream or cry. Hearing you parroting lie after lie.
Man, that song is grimy. <laughs> grimy is a good word. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. It's a word that gets used with some frequency in rap to describe a certain kind of rap. Uh-huh. Um, you know, more of like that sort of East Coast, uh, like lo-fi, gritty. Mm-hmm. And it, it, sometimes it's, it's used to talk not just about the music, but also sometimes about the lyrical content, you mm-hmm. know, the more like the, the seamier tales of street life, that kind uh-huh. of thing. Yeah. Uh, like the new Benny the Butcher album could accurately be, be described as being a grimy record, you know, mm-hmm. but it's great. I mean, it doesn't mean it's like low fire or anything. It just means it has grit and substance to yeah, it, you know? Yeah, yeah. And this does too to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love just, it's nasty. Like <laughs> the percussion and stuff, like all that weird, like kind of stuff that's happening all over the place. It's, it's good. It's unsettling. Um, well, it's an unsettling topic. It yeah. kind of like it, it sort of had to be that, you know. I yeah. it was an interesting challenge to write this, uh, to write about this topic, um, because like I, I'm, I'm, I'm for better or for worse, I'm an optimist. You yeah. know, like I, I really do. Probably for better. Probably for better. <laughs> it's for better, for better and better. I'm an optimist, but like how that, how that, you know, manifests in my. Um, in my songwriting and in the stuff that I that I make is that I'm, you know, even if I'm tackling a hard topic, I've always got my antennae up for like, what's the positive twist? What's the bow on top? What's the takeaway? The meaningful takeaway? What's right. the, you know, like I'm always looking for this the something that makes it be okay. Yeah. <laughs> and the fact of the matter is that with this topic, I there's not a bow to tie on top of this. You know, like I don't have the answers to this this issue that we're mm-hmm. all dealing with as a society. I I you know I, I haven't heard anybody that has the answer. You know there are certainly lots of ways in which we approach the relationships in our lives that have been characterized this last year by folks you know parroting lies and and buying into propaganda and sinking into conspiracy theories. You know like, there are ways that lots of different ways in which we decide we can choose how to how to interact with those people that you know that makes it that makes our lives that ma- that makes for a healthier relationship that keeps our own sanity intact you know like but there's not like a silver bullet there's not like a solution and so like in no. tackling this this topic like it was it was hard for me i had to come to terms with the fact that there wasn't going to be uh there wasn't going to be a, an upside <laughs> Well, and you to know, the song, you know? And that's honestly kind of fine, really. Yeah. Because I think sometimes happy endings cheapen stories. Sure, sure they can. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Like, I think that trying always to find a, well, here's the upside, can really, like, take some of the gravity out of a situation. Sometimes it's just really better and probably more productive just to give yourself time to sit mm-hmm. in the story as it is. And it mm-hmm. might not be happy and it might not be good. You know, but like not not just trying to dip back out of that. Right, right. I mean, when I when I in the writing that we read earlier, this being an exercise in acceptance yeah. is real. You know, like yeah, sometimes you just have to sit with the shit. <laughs> you know, yeah. and um, and there may not be flowers, and there might not be flowers. Yeah, yeah. you know, but also the, the another struggle, um, another struggle for me in this in the process of writing this was. There was this, I felt this tension mm-hmm. uh, between not, but the, it was a tension between not wanting the song to be just angry finger pointing. Right. Because that doesn't seem productive for me as a person in my life, you know? 
But also there was that existed that that impulse existed in attention with the impulse to not want to sugarcoat the truth. Right. Right? Like like I I I I'm not interested in just like poking somebody in the eye. Well, that's hard. That's a dissonance between two fundamental parts of your personality. But also, yeah. But also, I'm not willing to mollycoddle somebody who's who's spouting propaganda bullshit. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like so that tension was real in, in sort yeah. of figuring out how to that's present. That's a very fundamental tension for you as a human being. Yeah. And I, and I imagine that this is a this is a tension that I mean, and I and I read this in people's stories that there's this part of the tension, right? Sure. It's part of the tension of, you know, you a lot of the, a lot of times, like sometimes the person being an a-hole buying into propaganda and not wearing a mask because they think the virus is a hoax is just some stranger at the grocery store named Karen. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and like whatever, that person doesn't have much of an impact on my life except for she could be spreading coronavirus to everybody around her. But but like you know, when it's when it's a stranger, it's one thing. When it's somebody in your personal life and you're trying to balance that, like, I'm in a relationship with this person and I don't want to, I don't, this is a relationship I don't necessarily want to lose entirely. But at the same time, I can't, I can't abide with, um, with this, this, this untruth, yeah, you know, like so. That tension, I think, is something that a lot of us ex- have experienced. I, mean, I wrote about this exact thing mm-hmm. in the story that I contributed to our 2020 101 Stories website. Mm-hmm. I have a line in there that says, "There's a dissonance in being aware of something, but having agreed to pretend it's not a thing." Oh, gosh, you know, yeah, and it's then hard, and it's like it's it's not ever going to be reconcilable. Like you're never going to square that circle. It's just going to be this perpetual both at the same time kind of thing where you have to hold both truths in your hand at once. Yeah. And you'll never get to resolve them and they will always both be there and it sucks. Yeah. And then add into that one more thing that you got to hold. Like my own, my own sense that like it's, it is up to us as people to hold one another accountable. Right. You know, Uh, so there's that too, but like to set that part aside while trying to maintain a relationship. That's that, also another like... That part's <sighs> easier for that, me to set aside because I've done enough reading of the psychology around... Mm. about. I've, I've done enough reading about the psychology around all this stuff to understand that like holding people accountable doesn't help and in fact typically makes the situation worse. Yeah. yeah and then really that's just a selfish feeling at that point. Any need I get that, it. Any need that I feel to hold someone accountable is not about them and trying to make things better. It's Although, about me. I, you do hear a lot of people who are who have been very active for years and years in social justice work that, you know, accountability is has to be part of the equation if we're going to make progress on any of this stuff. So, on a societal level, yeah, but yeah. not on a personal level. Yeah. Not on an interpersonal level. Like, the way that, like, mm. the accountability works is generationally, you know? Mm. Like, we have to have movements, I think, as a society to have accountability for these things that come up societally. But, like, on an individual level, people don't change, especially when well, it comes to conspiracy theory stuff and the way yeah. that it gets fixed is by them dying. <laughs> well, I, under- I understand that. I mean, th- And that's just science. Well... And there are there are people, and I've I've read personal accounts of folks who have said I used to buy into yeah. these conspiracy theories. They're and, edge cases. I understand that, and at the same time, you know, societal accountability doesn't happen without our individual engagement in it either. On some level, I, again, I'm not saying I have the answers here, mm. I'm, but I'm saying that like you can't just leave it up to well, that's going to happen on some other level if we're not individually engaged in that. Like for instance, I it saw- has to be a mass movement, right? It doesn't have to be about the the to admittedly minority of people who are engaging in the bad behavior. Like yeah. they're not the ones who need to have that reckoning. Well, he- they're need the one. They're the ones that need to be reckoned with. Like it needs the reckonings to yeah. ha- happen because of them and to them and at them. 
mm-hmm. it needs to correct. We need as a society to figure out a way to come to a societal agreement about this and move past it. But it's not going to involve those people moving past it. Pretty much it ever. Might not. There, are, there are individual it- edge cases, like you mentioned, where one or two people here or there can come out of conspiratorial thinking. Generally, that's not how it happens. It likely won't. But here's another thing. Like this is this is kind of a related scenario, but. Uh, but the, the example, uh, a friend I saw posting on on Facebook earlier today of sort of a meme about you know what what do you do uh, when when a friend says says language uses language that is racist in nature and like and it might not even be like a slur but it could just be like you know making, maybe making a joke that's at the expense of you sure. know. Asian Americans, sure. for instance, we're talking about that a lot in the news this last week because of that horrible shooting in Atlanta, shootings in Atlanta. Um, you know, you know, the, the 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 violence against that group of people, uh, the the way the 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 road to that violence was paved with many 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 years and decades of. Um, of, of language. I mean, a century and a half of, of anti-Asian rhetoric. Language dehumanizing. And included in that language is jokes made about Asian people or about Asian women, you know? Sure. So language does matter, right? So what do you do in a situation where a friend, you know, maybe makes a joke, you know? And, and, and in that moment, I think it would be my responsibility to be like, I don't think that's funny. Right. Or, you know, to, and, and, that, and as kindly as possible, that, call them in, don't call them out. Yes, but that is accountability. Yes, it is. Okay, so I think that those kinds of acts are essential. If we if we say we're serious about wanting to see actual progress and change on, you know, on these things, yeah. we do have to take what, what feels like risky opportunities to actually kindly speak truth. And so, you know, in the case, in the case, you know, where somebody is is saying something to me that's, you know, suggesting, and this has happened, you know, with, and it happens mostly on social media because I haven't seen anybody face-to-face much in the last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, where someone says something like, um, the virus is a hoax. It, like, I feel like it's, it, it is necessary and important for me in that moment to say, that's not a true statement. So what's interesting about that is that's the way you feel and I want to be empathetic toward that and I really want to like co-sign how you feel about that because it feels intuitively important. The scientific literature around it does not support what you're saying. I think that it matters though for for third parties. Uh, at that mo- for third parties, other people listening in on the conversation or, or reading in. And on, on Facebook, that dynamic that's a big deal. It's yep. true. Yeah. And I understand that that might not change somebody's mind, but also. It's not, not just that it doesn't not, change your mind. It causes them to retrench and dig deeper. You know, but but it causes them yes. is not, I don't, I don't accept that. Because, well, I mean, that's what the scientific but, literature says. But my, my actions do not cause another person's actions. That person chooses their own actions, always. That, that's fine. I'm just telling you what the research in the... But, I, says about I, I, I've read that. I know. I know exactly what you're talking about. Like I'm, I'm not unfamiliar with that. But what I'm saying is that, in in saying as kindly as possible, and it's not like I'm, you know, shouting in someone's face. Mm-hmm. You're spouting lies. You know, mm-hmm. that's not a true statement. That's not supported by science. That's not supported by the facts. You know, the election was stolen. That's not supported by fact. Mm-hmm. You know, say not not checking those things in the moment also serves to normalize that that's a perfectly fine viewpoint you know and, that's true and and that's it, it's important for me to as kindly and in a, as loving a way as possible in those moments when somebody has said something that is just observably 
false to say that's not supported by yeah. by fact. And the irony is that like as crucial as that feels, it typically causes the person to double down. I, again, I don't cause another person's actions. Right. Well, I don't. An interaction can cause a chain reaction. It, it, for I, sure. I understand like, that there's, I understand maybe that there's you don't influence. Want to take, you, what you're saying is you don't want to take responsibility for that, and you shouldn't. Like another person thinking something is not your responsibility, and in that sense, there's no causality. But an interaction like that, I mean, the way that it works, because the, the psychology behind it when you believe in quote-unquote alternative viewpoints about things is that you think you have the real answers. Part of what's built into that is the idea that there is a out I there who it. don't want you to know the truth and that other people can be a part of this and they will try to pull you away from it. So when someone well-meaning comes to them and says, what you're saying is not actual facts, that triggers that thing in their mind. It's like, this is what they said they would say. And that makes them think, that makes them believe it more. It's so devious. Yeah. I, 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 By the way, total side note, people, but there's this article out there on Medium talking about the game theory behind conspiracy theories. It's fascinating. Uh, you should read it. It's like a long read. It's a good 20-minute or so read, but it is so insightful, and it really gets at a lot of the psychological underpinnings of how all this kind of stuff works, yeah. and it can be really helpful to understanding it. If you were to Google game theory, conspiracy theories, yeah. Medium, yeah. Uh, yeah. you'd find it. Yeah. it. It was very insightful. And I you know, I, I hear all the what you're saying, and I, I think... Again, it is. I, I, I will. I will die on the hill <laughs> of saying that my my actions are not another person's actions are always their own responsibility. That's it true. is not mine. So, I, I it is only my job to live in accordance with what I know to be true. Mm-hmm. It is that is my only job, uh, and, and in accordance with what I with, with what I believe to be. Um, in accordance with with my with my understanding of what it is uh, to be a humanist, <laughs> you know, to my understanding of humanity, mm-hmm. you know, and how and how to be part of society, like like that. It, my it's my budget. My my only responsibility is to my own sense of integrity. Mm-hmm. Um, I cannot control what another person does with that, you know, and and that's part of the conundrum of all this, right? right. Like, you know, uh, I, I received a a. We received a not very kind email yeah. at, at the day after we released this song. Which Addressed to both of us. I don't yeah. want to belabor that because it's it's not worth it. But um, this in, person felt called out in a song that did not address them by name. No, and <laughs> and the email, you know, was just the 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 litany of grievances that this person laid at my feet, at our feet, yeah. <laughs> uh, that had nothing to do with the the topic of the song like it was just or the song itself or astounding. anything astounding like to me it was a uh they they really illustrated the point of the song they illustrated the metaphor of the song <laughs> like that this email was was worth at least 10 shovels of dirt digging that <laughs> hole like seriously yeah because it, and, and what i saw in that in that in it was this um they were separating themselves from something that that used to be meaningful to them, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah that, it, was, it, it was a breakup email, people, it so, was. for the context. <laughs> the, the, the email was like, I used to really like what you guys are doing, but I can't in good conscience follow you anymore because I'm an anti-vaxxer and conspiracy theorist. Right. Um, right. I mean, they didn't say that last part. That's me yes. explaining what the deal yeah. is. Yeah, but, uh, but yeah, that's a deal. Also, total side note, but how weird, because we have been very 
out there as far as who we are and what we believe wow. since 2017. And this person came into our orbit right around 2017. And I don't understand how they got to 2021. <laughs> and only in March 2021, we're like, wait a minute, maybe these people aren't crazy Trump or anti-vaxxer conspiracy theorists like me. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know either. Like, how did you think we were well, prior till now? I think like in February 2021, was she like, I think they're, I think they're Trumpers. <laughs> I think it's illustrative of the fact that um, that some people view the artists that they follow as, um, uh, like, they, they, they view them as an extension of themselves. <laughs> yeah, I think that's true. You know what I mean? And, and not as... As, as humans within all the fullness of their own humanity. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like and, we're and they, caricatures of something that's meant to buffer their, like to buttress their own ego. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I think that's probably why. But you know, th- th- that experience um, also, the, the, the receiving that email also reinforced this idea for me, which was another another thing that I was really grappling with as I was writing the song was that um, I really wanted to try to embody compassion for this this person, this type in, this, of person, this, this person in the, the in the song, this you know, this fictional person of the, in the song digging that hole, you know, right. because you know, while the song you know does illustrate the idea that like a, a single person action, a single person, single person's actions does impact lots of people around them, mm-hmm. as we have witnessed, you know, in the last year, uh, and, and can you know be a detriment to society. In general, the person that, that experiences the biggest consequences from continuing to dig into a hole that's not worth digging is that person. Right. Like the, the in the in terms of their isolation from relationships, yeah, alienation from society, and just disconnection Sometimes from family. Yeah. yeah, and disconnection from reality. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like that just isn't. It's it's a it's a it seems like a pretty dark place. And so, like, yeah. for a person to be willfully digging themselves further into that dark place it's pretty it, i i have my heart hurts for them yeah you know on one level as well of course so. here's an interesting and i'm just you know thinking about this sort of extemporaneously but yeah. like you know you and i talk a lot about finding community and what community means mm-hmm. and something that for sure has happened at least with this specific woman is uh that she has found herself a community of people who think like this, you know? She oh, talked, sure. She talked about that in her email, you know? And it was really kind of creepy and weird because there was this whole section in the email about how while the rest of the world was believing the coronavirus hoax, oh. my community and I were were gathering without masks. No no masks, no... Uh, she made it sound like so like uplifted, like, like no masks, no judgment, just love. You know what I mean? <laughs> but like... And she's like, and no one died, and we just loved each other. Oh. And if you eat enough vitamins, you won't get coronavirus. You know what I mean? Oh my and God. just, but this idea—I mean, she really, I believe, has aggregated around herself a like quote unquote alternative health type of community where she lives. And you know, so like she probably, I would imagine, feels that her life is very rich, and that she has a bunch of supportive people around her, mm. all of whom share her worldview, and whom she will grow old with, all of them believing this toxic garbage. And like, how do you tell someone like that, like, oh, you're you're isolating yourself from community, when to them they found community well, through this? Well, so here's the thing, I, and I completely get you, and, I, and you're right, I think you're right about that stuff. But also, uh, clearly, there's like... A person who's like feeling really great about where they are in life and feeling really great about, you know, where they're existing in the world probably doesn't take the time to write a multi-paragraph tirade 
email to an artist who put a song out that they didn't like. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it doesn't... All of her unreturned Taylor Swift emails just really bumming her out. It doesn't really communicate a, a person in a well-adjusted place, you know? Like, True. there's... there's. I mean, as I as I read that, I I saw lots of deep unhappiness. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> You know fair. what I mean? So, that's fair. So both are true, I think. That yes, yeah. they're the abs, and that's one of the that's one but of the But how do you make the value proposition to somebody? But that's one of the yeah, I get it. But that's one that's one of the things that I think that draws people into conspiracy theories is finding this sense of community with that's other true. people who are in it. That's one of the that's, that's one of the huge things. Yeah. Um can I just say also on the topic of none of us in this group got sick, nobody died, we were no masks, no distancing, blah 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 blah. Fine. You the, the, that's the equivalent of saying I just drove on the wrong side of the freeway for a half an hour and nobody died. Yeah. Like you Traffic just got, laws are bullshit. You just got lucky. Yeah. And also maybe you didn't see the accident that you caused because someone was trying to avoid you behind. Right. You know what I mean? Like the fact of the matter is that th- those gatherings. Pretty well executed it, simile, sweetheart. Thank you. But like, you know what I mean? Like the, those gatherings in the middle of a pandemic, you know, yeah, maybe nobody in, in your circle got infected. First of all, you got lucky. That doesn't mean, or maybe they didn't have symptoms, but they yeah. were infected and spread it to somebody who did die. Like you probably killed someone's grandma. Exactly. That was, the, that was This is what the scientists and the public health experts were trying to hammer home for us for the entire year last year, you know? And it's the reason why even those of us who are in the middle of getting vaccinated, woohoo, um, mm-hmm. you know, still need to be uh, responsible with masking and social distancing in public because we don't know yet with certainty that we can't be vectors of the, vi- the virus and, and harm other people who right. haven't yet been vaccinated. So, Like it might like, just ping off us to someone else who gets it. Exactly. So, you know, we, we have to continue to be... We have to continue to look out for each other. And, you know, like this, this us for no more, we've got what we need. And like the rest of you can just screw off attitude is just not something that a society can, can last. It's antisocial. It is antisocial and it's destructive to, uh, to the social fabric and to society itself. You know, like we've got to look out for each other. Um, and yeah, anyway, that's, that's sort of like a tangent. Yeah. It's so weird to me. I like, I remember when I was a kid, like I would read about people in historical times, like small subsets of society who held weird, anti-mainstream, anti-social views on whatever it might have been. And I would think that's something that used to happen in the past. Oh. But now as an enlightened society, we <laughs> have figured out how to achieve at least a certain level of consensus. And it's just not the case at all. Yeah, It's no. absolutely not the case. And I don't know if it's always been this bad or if it's getting worse because of the internet. I would imagine mm. it's probably getting worse because of the internet. Oh, of course. And there's so many ways, like our information is so fractured, right? Like, yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're, if a person's media diet is Fox News. They're just being spoon-fed bullshit all the time. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so... All bullshit, no flowers. Reality. (laughs) All bullshit, no flowers. (laughs) Reality looks a lot different when you're just, you know, when when that's your diet, you know? And and here's another thing that this topic really, like, spurred in me, and this is not on our notes to talk about, but, like... Mm. And and this has been the case for me for the last, you know while also as i as i watch people you know buying into the propaganda and and regurgitating the lies and the alternate reality and all that stuff mm-hmm. i think to myself how do you get there like how like how would you get there yeah. and then it, and then the next question is what am i doing to protect myself from getting down a rabbit hole 
yeah, right. of any kind. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I, like, it is up to me to constantly check my impulses, check my sources, yes. cross-check information, you know, figure out who the trustworthy people are to listen to and, yeah. then, and then find multiple of them that are, that are you know, that are uh, uh, critical of one another even, you know, yeah. like you, you've got to- There's a reason can't... I subscribe to multiple conservative daily newsletters. You know what I mean? It's not because I like conservative daily newsletters. It, right, but you have, it's, we can't be lazy about no. our intake of information. And so I'm constantly questioning stuff. Um, and, and, and with, with a, you know, an array of, <laughs> of, of trustworthy sources- um, you know, you can you can form a reasonable opinion about how to move forward in your life and how to you know think yeah. about things. You know, and, you know, and facts think, are available. Facts think, are available. And I think that when, like you say, trustworthy, like I would almost substitute the word trustworthy with acting in good faith. You okay, know? that's a better way to say like, it. I yes. think about like I get this thing called the Morning Dispatch. It's a conservative daily newsletter, five days a week, and you know, I don't ideologically agree with about 98% of where the people writing it are coming uh -huh. from. You know what I mean? But also, I genuinely do believe that the people writing this newsletter are doing so in good faith and are trying as much mm. as they can. I mean, I mean, they're all clearly very smart, intellectual, well-read people who have a genuine interest in discourse. Mm -hmm. And of course, they have their ideological perspective and it's super, super different than mine. Mm -hmm. But, you know, at least they're coming from a good faith perspective. So I can take on board what they have to say and I can critique it also in good faith from my perspective. Yeah. And that's how you arrive right. at your own personal ideology, right? Like, a personal, a strong personal ideology can withstand criticism. And like, so I take that criticism on board like via a bunch of conservative newsletters and, and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Because like, I figure like if I read something and I'm like, well, no, here's why I think that's not true. And, and, I, and I can back it up with stuff that I right. understand to be true from my perspective, you know? Right. Then that means that, you know, that what I have thought about is, you know, is solid and that's good. Sometimes though, every so often, I will absolutely read something and be like, that's interesting. I hadn't thought of that that way. Uh -huh. I need to retool my thinking a little bit, mm -hmm. you know? Or I need to consider it or yeah. whatever. Yeah, I get it. Yes. Like, a, like a, a, a strong personal ideology isn't defensive. Right. Oh, that, 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 that's like the, that's like the, the bedrock of science, right? Yeah. Like, you do, you, you put out a hypothesis. Here's, here's what I think is true about this situation. And then you test it rigorously and you come up with a result. And if the result proves the hypothesis, then yay. But then scientists down the road tests the same hypothesis or checks your work or, you know, yeah. introduces a, a variable that- Discovers that, some new stuff. And, and maybe challenges your, your results. Like that, that like- Good, good science, good facts <laughs> can withstand testing and scrutiny. correction yeah. and scrutiny. Yeah, and and so you know, it, I don't have any fear about about scrutinizing my own points of view on things <laughs> right. because I, I invite that. You know, oh, totally. And and, and I and, and I, people, we're artists. We're we're scrutinizing our own points of view constantly. <laughs> like self interrogation <laughs> is a large part of each of our daily experience. <laughs> like maybe in sort of an unhealthy level. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't no, know. it's not. It, it is, but like, yeah, yeah it is. It, the, 
I, I, I'm not afraid of, of scrutiny. There was a time in my life when I was. Of course. There was a time in my life when I was holding very fast and hard to beliefs that I needed, I was, I was told were true and needed to be true and needed to never be uh, shown to have cracks or holes. Right. Like I, there, there was a time when, when that certainty was everything. For me personally, you know, it was, it was terrifying to think of, 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 uh, you know, what I knew to be true to, to, to be challenged anyway, because uh, my identity was so bought up into all of it, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, and, and, you know, I've, I've experienced that, that phenomenon of, you know, the psychological pain of, of uh, retracting a belief mm. or, uh, or of reevaluating a position when my, when my identity is, is bound up in that belief or that position. Right. I, I have, I have experienced that choice in my life. Right. Um, and I, it, for me, it took me getting to a pretty low place. Like we talked in last week's podcast episode of getting to a pretty low place in my life where I was willing to cross that threshold of right. psychological pain. Yeah. Um, a Rubicon, really. Yeah, totally. So anyway, digging that hole. Yeah. <sighs> People, if you have a story or an anecdote or a remembrance uh, of this kind of situation in your life over the last year, I know that I know a lot of us do. We would really cherish the uh, opportunity to archive your story as part of our archive at 202101.net. We're collecting stories about people's experiences on all these different facets mm-hmm. of what it was like to live through this last year. And honestly, this one to me, uh, you know, people going off the deep end with propaganda and or conspiracy theories is one of the most defining characteristics. <sighs> it really set the tone for what 2020 was because we were there trying to like navigate ways. this impossibly hard time and doing so with one hand tied behind our back because half the information people are getting is wrong. Yeah. From, from, from some of the highest sources in the land. Yeah. The president, the biggest, dis- last year was the biggest single source of disinformation that there was in our entire country. Yeah. And that was a huge, huge problem. It was. If anybody listening has a story that you have about this, please just send it to me and we'll publish it anonymously if that would be more comfortable for you. Mm-hmm. We could, we, we do two ways. We can either do like your first name and last initial uh, or we can just do anonymous. Mm-hmm. So if you have a story to share, it would be really valuable. I know that every time people read these stories that others share, they they heal a little bit. Oh, yeah, because we see our own experience and other people's experience, and it feels like we're less alone. Yeah. It sometimes gives us some ideas about how to handle whatever we're, we're carrying in our own lives. Yes. You know? Um, but yes, please, please do share your story. I. It's a gift you'll be giving to someone else. And maybe even to yourself, too, to spend a couple minutes actually, like, writing out your thoughts. It could be just a, an interesting, helpful personal exercise. You can email those to me at jamie, J-A-M-I-E. I spell it the boy way. Um, although gender is an artificial construct. Exactly. That's a whole other conversation you just opened up right, there. Right, 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 <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, there's like the J-A-I-M-E, which is traditionally either female or, or uh, Latino. Mm-hmm. Um, there's J-A-I-M-I-E for people who are feeling scarcity around the letter I. Um, J-A-Y-M-E? Yep, totally. Mm-hmm. There's, there's lots of different there's ways lo- to do it. J-A-M-E-Y? That's just fucked up. <laughs> but yeah, J-A-M-I-E at MisfitStars.com. There we go. Send me that uh, story. We'd really appreciate it. Yeah. Y'all, thank you so much for spending your time with us today. Very much. Um, we really appreciate that you that you tune in to this thing that we make every week. Yeah. Uh, we really appreciate it. And if you are not yet a member of our Misfit Stars community, 
What is holding you back? Seriously, you get the social network, you get uh, the joy of supporting two artists whose work you theoretically appreciate. Honestly, if you're this far into this podcast episode, you probably are, at least to some degree appreciate what we do. Consider supporting it. Thanks. Misfitstars.com slash join is mm-hmm. where you go to do that. And for those of you who are already Misfit Stars and you're still listening, we love you. And fill out your ballots for the concert this weekend. We love you to the moon and back. Yes, we do. And yes, fill out your ballots. We will uh, be back next week with more. Can't wait. Until then, take good care of yourselves and be good to each other. Love you guys. Bye. Bye.